mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hello and happy St. Patrick's Day. I am doing nothing to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Oh God, here we go with this. I just got an email from this orthodontist. There's been a real back and forth to get Violet seen. It's like people don't know how to be salespeople. She's like, well, NHS treatment is going to take 24 months at this point. If you want private treatment, then it might be shorter. Please upload photos of Violet's teeth and our like tooth bot will let you know whether or not she qualifies for treatment. I'm like, where? Why don't we introduce a tooth bot? Yes, my daughter needs orthodontic treatment. I'm, I have eyes. I've been in the world. Please, will you see her? If you can't see her, let me know when you can see her. I upload these photos anyway. I play the little bot game. And it comes back, oh, well, I'm not sure if Violet would qualify for treatment under the NHS. If, if she does, then, you know, it could take 24 months. We had this chat, babe. I would like private treatment. How soon can you see her? And they're like, please watch this YouTube video to see all the different treatment options should you require private treatment. What happened to the good old days? They get on the phone and you say, hi, can my child see the orthodontist? And the woman goes, yeah. And then she goes to see the orthodontist and has a look at her teeth and goes, this is what your child needs, like a bespoke treatment to make this kid's fucking teeth straight. That no longer exists. I'm dealing with bots and everything else. So then I wrote back, yes, I do want private treatment. Yes, please. And then she wrote me again, Catherine, I've attached the quote for metal fixed braces or Invisalign clear aligners. Do you know which you're interested in? I'm not an orthodontist, but I know enough to know that that's not up to me. Because some people's teeth can not be aligned with Invisalign. I'm going to write her back just, uh, yeah, thanks for the fucking treatment. Listen, fix my child's teeth ASAP. I'm going to write back a voice note. As I am not a professional orthodontist, I am not sure which option suits my child best for alignment, period. I do think she will probably need a retainer or some other instrument to widen her jaw in the first instance, and that a brace or Invisalign will not be enough, period. Could she be seen for evaluation by the orthodontist, question mark? Dictate function has changed my life apart from when I got it on my phone, Violet set it up, Violet set up my phone and Siri so often it misunderstands me and writes people the maddest shit and it will never swear and it never remembers any of my friends' names. It should just know what's in your phone. It should get to know, you know, how you talk. I hope that it can convey the freaking hostility in my voice to this woman. This is... Certain things, you know, technology has brought about some incredible advances. Some of these are one step forward, two steps back. And on the subject of incredible advances, I saw on the Shade Room Instagram account, which is a really good account, they posted, why you always lying? Women share the craziest lies men have told them. A woman wrote, found a bra in his suitcase, and he said it's his from when he was fat years back. He said he had saggy titties and kept it to remind him how far he's come with his weight loss journey. Someone else wrote, I found a condom wrapper near his bed, which we didn't use, and he said it was a ghost. He was genuinely upset when I did not believe him. 
We went for dinner. He started getting sick with an ulcer. He knew I would panic and tell him to go home for his meds. He dropped me off at my place. He went to his place to drink meds and sleep. I bumped into him at another restaurant with another chick a few hours later. He said he booked the hotel room because he needed the Wi-Fi. Friend had a fling. Fling sent his friends to call and say he had cancer. Monday, stage one. Thursday, stage four. Sunday, funeral. All in a week, the dude faked death. Years later, saw him in traffic. He just didn't know how to break it off. He broke up with me by saying he moved back to his home country. He kept this lie going for two years and would periodically hit me up, pretending he was in a completely different time zone. Turns out he was 15 minutes away with his other girlfriend. So I forgot my PJs at his place and found them torn. When I asked him who did it, he said that he didn't know, but he will investigate. I left and never looked back. He disappeared for three days and said he was sleeping. My friend said she found a pregnancy test, but it was negative. And then her boyfriend said, it's his. He took it himself and wanted to see if it works on males. My ex told me that his sangoma told him not to answer calls after 7 p.m. three days in a row for cleansing. I do not know what a sangoma is. I assume it's like some religious spiritual healer. Anyway, I put my own up, which is... One boyfriend that I had, I was in his room. I was always finding like dodgy, dodgy shit in there. And it's not as though I was snooping. He just, you know, was out in the open. I found a bunch of hairpins in his bathroom. And I forget what his excuse was for that. Basically, I was mental and he had hairpins. But then one day I found a used condom tied in a knot in his room, like just strewn about his dusty ass room. And he said to me, uh, oh, I had a posh wank. You wouldn't know that is because you're Canadian. A posh wank is when you masturbate into a condom. And, you know, British gentlemen like to do it all the time. I am a gentleman. This is why I had to have these posh wanks. I was like, okay, gentlemen, get a dustbin. And then I found like fingerprints all over his walls. I remember laying on his bed watching TV and I looked up. The wall behind where I was laying had handprints, like filthy handprints on the wall. I was like, that's really weird. And I stood up on his bed and I turned around and I put my hands where the handprints were on the wall. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So basically a girl was like stood on your bed with her hands against the wall getting, I suppose, some sexual thing. Well, because I just changed my mind on that. I thought immediately I thought someone was having sex with her from behind and they were both stood on the bed. And now I don't think he was stood. I think he was probably sat on the bed. Underneath her, who knows? Who cares? What I'm saying is, I'm sorry that this is about men being liars because I know that women can be liars too. I've lied. I haven't told any stupid, crazy lies. But I posted this on my Instagram and you guys have reached out with your lies. So I'm going to read a few of my favorites of those. We all get lied to. Like smart, dumb, old, young, married, dating, we all get lied to. I found a strip eyelash stuck in the carpet and assumed they were from his mom or sister before me. He told me, though, maybe the dog had been chasing a squirrel. And maybe that's how the fake eyelashes made their way into his room. We continued dating for two more years. I was told he had a photo of a child on his desk at work. I asked him about the photo and he said it was a photo of himself as a child. Yeah, right. This man has a child. 
I broke up with an ex of seven years, but we still had to cohabit for a few weeks. We were amicable-ish, so I borrowed his laptop for a week or two after the official split. It was in a suitcase in his room that he'd packed for a training week away with work. He told me I could go get it. Also in the suitcase, a pack of condoms. Completely lost my cool about how he could think of going on the pull only two weeks after we broke up. His reason? He was packing them so that he could have a posh wank at the hotel while he was there. Because a hotel is where people would really worry about not leaving a mess in the room. He talked some shit through the breakup, but that one was ridiculous. Posh wanks are very popular. Maybe they really do have posh wanks. My boyfriend came back from the stag do with a massive hickey. He told me he got shot playing paintball. My boyfriend told me his female work colleague gyrating suggestively on our lawn at 2am was just trying to return some keys. My friend spent the night with a guy who then hot-footed it out of there after the business. After receiving a call saying his aunt was sick, he said he had to go straight to her as she had cancer. She followed him because she knew she didn't believe him, and he went to his own home. Shock. She told him he better hope his aunt doesn't actually get cancer, and then was labeled the crazy one. How dare she wish that on his aunt? Gaslight much? My ex had a used condom under his bed. He said that he and his mate had been messing around and blowing them up and putting them on their heads. He was 32. My ex was working overtime at our joint workplace. I never questioned that he would do a 12-hour night shift followed by a 13-hour day shift as they were short-staffed. Even when he didn't get paid any extra, he said it was all on the DL as it breached the working time directive and he would get paid a little extra each month and extra days off to make up for it. Only realized when a colleague said he was short of shifts and money. I said to try X's ward, and he said he hadn't worked on that ward for so long because there were never any shifts going. Their staff were really tight and never, ever go off sick. My ex had several used condoms stuffed into the inside of a DVD case in his hotel room. He said it was for posh wanks, and he had to hide them because he was too embarrassed for the cleaner to find them. Gentlemen, are you having posh wanks into condoms? It's really important that we know. Please email me, tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. If you confess about these posh wanks to me, I will not read your name on the podcast. Don't worry. All you have to do is confirm or deny whether this is a thing because there are a few of us who have been duped by the posh wank thing. I feel like in my case, it was definitely a lie because it was up to all other stuff. But I feel really badly if guys are actually buying condoms to wank into because they are gentlemen. Let me know. And also, if you think you're being lied to, you are being lied to. Just block and delete. Get out of there. And if you're wrong, it doesn't matter. If you think you're being lied to, then you're in a relationship with no trust anyway, and it's not the relationship for you. So I feel like you don't ever need to get to the bottom of this stuff. You know deep down your intuition is always right. Be with someone like my tremendous current husband, Bobby K, where you never even have to check the phone, ask the question, do any of this detective work that is so ingrained in us. It's bullshit. And if you're experiencing this kind of stuff now, don't worry. One day, you too will be 38 and it will all come to an end. Now we're in the car. I went on tour last night and this morning I had to do the school run. I know that some of you have admonished me in the past for recording the podcast in the car. You've said, don't do that, Catherine. It's a driving distraction. Well, I think legally it is allowed if you use headphones. Uh, You're not allowed to text in the car. I believe you're allowed to talk in the car. If you're allowed to listen to the radio and speak to the person in the passenger seat, 
then surely you're allowed to speak to podcast listeners with headphones. If you're not allowed, like my bad, let me know. If you work with a transport, whatever, police, metropolitan police, I'm not sure whose department it is, give me a call, email me on tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com and I promise to never do it again. A lot of people will be looking for an update on Manny, still alive. For those of you who missed last week's podcast, my dog Manny got really sick. We were, you know, thinking the worst, but luckily he was diagnosed with something that's treatable. This week, he went from bad to worse, actually. We brought him on tour Thursday, which was two hours away last Thursday. And Annie, my tour manager, basically had to drive with her head out the window because he just started leaking from his anus. I mean, literally uncontrollably for two hours. And we stopped several times so he could get out and go to the loo. But it wasn't, he just had no control over it whatsoever. And I thought if I brought him, he would feel better. I'm trying to make more time for Manny so that he feels like the cherished pet that he once was before Fred came along. But no, this went from bad to worse. In the dressing room, I had to genuinely steal towels from the theater. I do apologize to the theater, Basingstoke. I will replace them. But uh, it it was just a bad scene. All the way home, he was sick. The next day, I rang the vet back. I said, listen... He has uncontrollable diarrhea. It's like a waterfall. I explained the car situation. And my smell is not 100% back to how it used to be after uh, my COVID diagnosis and subsequent recovery. But Annie's smell is 10 out of 10. My tour manager, Annie, has never had COVID. So if I thought it smelled bad, for her, it just must have been an out-of-body experience. I feel like Annie deserves better. Live Nation, I don't know how much you're paying her, but I feel like you should double it. She's either got Bobby and Fred in the car, Violet in the car. Do you know Violet texts Annie and says things like, um, do you mind picking me up a Frappuccino before collecting us for the tour? Annie will not be even aware that Violet's coming that night. And Violet places orders. I got to continually tell her, Violet, these people work with me, not with you. I don't think you're allowed to make requests. But Annie's so nice. She picks Violet up a Frappuccino. I mean, look, I feel bad. I paint a picture of Violet like she's some kind of asshole. She really isn't. It's just that she was raised by someone, me, who would go out of her way to get Violet a Frappuccino and she just thinks, don't ask, don't get. She asks nicely. If Annie said no, she'd be totally fine with that. But what she doesn't maybe realize about British people, especially the ones like Annie, is that they're so accommodating and they'll just be like, of course, of course. I don't know. You need to have people in your life who will tell you to fuck off and say no. That's what I expect from people. I expect that if I make a request, someone who really can't fit it into their schedule will be like, can't do that. I mean, I don't really make a lot of requests. My main request is just for everyone to leave me alone. I don't ask anything of you. You don't ask anything of me. But I do like people who cancel plans last minute. Oh, nothing better than receiving a text. I can't make it actually. You're like, fuck yeah, I will never be offended. One really good friend for that is comedian Roisin Connedy. You never know when you're able to pin Roisin down for a coffee date, a nails date, a walk around, a hangout. You never know. She'll go, I'll be there. She might come three hours late. She might not come at all. That's the kind of friend I need to make me feel less guilty about my own cancellations. Love Roisin. If you, if you get her, she really is like magic in a bottle. You never know when you're going to get to see her, but when you get to see her, she's got you just having a great time laughing the entire journey journey while I'm in the car. Uh, We don't always go on a journey. So Manny was 
right back to the vet the next day. I said, something is wrong with this dog. And first they were like, well, just give him a modium for a while. I was like, no, 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 something's really bad. So they took blood tests. It turns out Manny now has a secondary infection to the first autoimmune condition that he was diagnosed with. Oh, great. So I'm thinking, well, he's got an infection and he's got this autoimmune and these are supposed to be two separate things. I don't know. Like maybe he has a third condition that is manifesting as these two other things and we haven't caught it yet. And they're like, no, 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 he's got an infection and he had diarrhea because sometimes you have that from the first thing. And uh, now it's his like ass that's infected. I was like, well, you know who he should talk to is Bobby's hemorrhoid friend. No, we, um, we admitted him again. He was put on a drip. We have not paid the vet bill, by the way. I don't even know what it's going to be. I feel like at the end of a vet appointment, they usually ask for their money, but these people have not even broached the subject of cost. So I feel like they're waiting and it's going to be the kind of job where I get a massive invoice in the post. Speaking of invoices, anyway, Manny is on the mend. He's better now. Yes, he did tear out his feeding tube, had to go back for stitches, but he's eating really well. So I feel like he's going to be good. Speaking of invoices, Bobby Kutstra, he's a really great uh, salesman, negotiator. He's very smart about money and things, whereas I am not. If someone tells me you owe this much money, then I'm too embarrassed to argue about it. I'll just pay it. Uh, Even when I didn't have anything, I was even more inclined to pay bills without asking questions because I was just terrified. Our energy prices are so fucking high. And I know that the cost of living's gone up and all of this is being blamed on the conflicts in the Ukraine when actually the cost of living went up way before any of this kicked off. So don't let them fool you our government, I mean, our energy prices are so high. You wouldn't even believe what our energy prices are. And I mentioned this to Annie in the car. I said, guess, guess what our energy costs are. Uh, These are the kind of games we play on tour. It's a real rock and roll experience. She's got her head out the window, trying not to breathe in the dog's ass. And she said, uh, oh, she gave a guess. I said, no, Annie, it was seven times higher than her guess. Surely that's got to be a mistake. I feel like there are some new builds around us. I honestly think their lights are on all the time. I feel like some kind of way their power is being tacked onto our system because we don't leave lights on. We're not using a lot of electricity. It's not like our house is boiling hot. Although we did have some problems with our smart home thing where some rooms were boiling hot actually. And we do have the pool, but we want to use less energy. So we got all of that fixed. Bobby got on the phone with the energy people and he was like, this is insane. Like, do you have any other customers who have an energy bill this high? And they said, rightfully, no, we don't. We don't. You're the highest energy bill we've ever seen. Bobby's like, well, then surely there's a problem. Like, can we look into this? Give me three weeks to get our shit together and we'll give you a new reading. So Bobby is on the rampage. The smart home valves have been fixed. I feel like we got to turn the pool off until it gets warm. No one is allowed to shower anymore in the house. I'm going to drive Violet to the gym to have a shower. Because we're supposed to be like progressive climate aware. We're trying to save the planet. If you have any ideas, what could be making our energy prices so high when we don't even do anything? Please let me know. Is it possible that a new build in your neighborhood is being tacked onto your energy bill somehow? Because I'm not joking. Seven times higher than Annie's guess. Seven. And we're not even home. I'm on tour most of the time. (sighs) 
I appreciate that I've been asking for a lot of help lately, but you're a lot smarter than I am. Jamila Jamil, as I'm sure a lot of you know, is a really great person. She really thinks about wellness, mental health, the whole picture of what people are going through. She usually, I mean, always, I feel that I've seen is on the right side of what's going on culturally. She rallied against the Kardashians diet, shit yourself, milkshakes. She cares about young people and their body image. And she's got this incredible podcast called I Way. And the other day, she tweeted about what Pete Davidson had shared, uh, his texts with Kanye. If you're just catching up, the Kardashian West conflicts are really coming to a head. And for a long time, there are people who have pointed out that what's going on is not entertainment. What's going on is not tabloid. It's not funny. It's very dangerous. Kanye West has been very forthcoming in the past about having mental health issues. Uh, And so people show him grace for his behavior. But I feel like Pete Davidson and so many people who are kind and generous. I mean, not that Pete Davidson always has been. I don't know his life history, but currently he's not harassing any women. That's all I know. He has also had mental health struggles. Like who hasn't? Me and maybe three other people. My mental health's rock solid. But for a lot of people, this is something that they struggle with. Pete has said, hey, I'm on medication. If you need medication, there's no shame in it because Kanye's always announcing like, I'm off my meds, this is the real me. And Pete's like, you don't want to hear that. You know, you board a plane and the pilot comes on the over of oh, the uh, loudspeaker. Just so everyone knows, it's the real me flying the plane. I'm off my meds. Do you know what I mean? Like, take your meds, take the meds, they're fine. Kanye continues to uh, harass Pete and Kim. Of course we worry. Kim has this trauma, right, in her past of her mother being best friends with Nicole Brown Simpson while her father defended O.J. Simpson in the Nicole Brown Simpson uh, and Kato Kalin murder trial. Like, this is no joke. Kim has seen domestic violence escalate in her lifetime, in her close circle of family friends in the past. So I'm sure that even though she's one of the most powerful women in the world, this is very worrisome. This is very triggering. And she's doing what all the Kardashian women do is try to facilitate a positive relationship between her children and their father, no matter what sort of relationship breakdown has gone on with the adults. However, the way that Kanye is behaving, I mean, he just released a claymation music video where he decapitates Pete Davidson and like buries his body. I mean, I know that this is his art. This is his way of expressing himself. But I feel like there comes a point where you go, huh, do you feel like you could maybe not make a music video where you kill me and like back off a little bit? One of the more gentle ways that he harasses Pete Davidson is he calls him Skeet. Skeet, uh, I know from a Drake video where they go Skeet, 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 Waterfall. I think it comes from Sket, which means like a classless whore, I think, in the Urban Dictionary. So Pete is called Skeet by Kanye. Fine. Pete recently leaked these texts between himself and Kanye where he goes, and I'm sorry, as a comedian, a lot of this makes me laugh. And I know that we need to be very careful about mental health and we don't want to make things worse for Kanye. But there comes a point, and this is old school, where someone fucks with you and also someone sets you up for a good slam. It's very difficult not to take it. So Pete texts, yo, it's skeet. Already I'm on his side. He has reappropriated 
the nickname Kanye wrote for him to try to shame him and make him feel bad about himself. Instead of Pete just going, hi, it's Pete. He uses this name when referring to himself. Hi, Kanye. It's Skeet. (laughs) It's Skeet. You had me at Skeet. I'm sorry. That's really funny. And he goes, you know, bro, just want to say it doesn't have to be like this. Kim's a great mom. Like you need to be very grateful that she is your kid's mom. I don't know why you keep making videos where you're killing me and harassing us. Like we'd love it to stop. And let's talk about this man to man. And then Kanye goes, where are you right now? I mean, Pete had skeet rather had to take the punchline. He said, where am I right now? In bed with your wife and shared a photo of himself in bed. Now, Kim was not in the photo. He could have just been in his own bed, but the comedian in him has to take the punchline. Where are you? The obvious answer is, the funniest answer is, the most hurtful roast slam is, where am I in bed with your wife? I just, I I just think it's so funny to answer that way because of all the hell that Kanye has been putting Kim and Pete through. You have to answer, I'm in bed with your wife. What other option do you have? Now, it went on and on, and Pete said, I want to help you. You know, let's chat. Kanye said, come to Sunday's service. Pete's like, no, like, man to man. This doesn't have to be publicity related. Let's just talk. And Kanye's like, no, no, no. Anyway, Jamila's point and so many other people's very uh, mature, empathic point is don't rile him up by saying I'm in bed with your wife. If you really want to help him, just help him. Don't fuck with him like this. But I feel like I am on board with him fucking with him a bit. We can't be a hundred percent mature all the time. What about Pete's mental health? What about Pete's profession as a comedian demands of him that he is going to reply, I'm in bed with your wife. And no one wants to trigger Kanye. No one wants to open the newspaper. Who opens the newspaper? No one wants to go on their phone, open social media one day and see that something terrible has happened. No one wants that. I just wish that we could get, because I understand the pendulum theory of we used to be awful in tabloid culture. We we really made a mess of Britney Spears' life. So many young women were sexualized and harassed about their bodies and made fun of, and we didn't know about mental health, and that's why we conducted ourselves that way. And now there are greater conversations about mental health, so we're being careful, and we're trying to take care of these celebrities, and we're trying not to laugh at them the way we used to. Yes, that's good. That's progressive. That's what should happen. However, we can't just all become the Dalai Lama overnight and be totally selfless. And how much are Kim and Pete supposed to take from Kanye before Pete stands up and goes, where am I, dude? Who made a video video about decapitating me? I'm in bed with your wife. Now, if you want some help, let's chat man to man. I want us to land in the middle so that there can be a little bit of give and take. I want statements like I'm in bed with your wife to be okay. And I want us to get to a place of understanding about mental health to know that you can have mental health issues and be a dick on top of it. And that is separate from your mental health because you can have mental health issues and be a wonderful person on top of it. So I don't think that we should be excusing every single thing Kanye does and treating him like a child, you know, oh, don't, don't rile Kanye you know, let him do whatever he needs to do, express himself through his art. Saying I'm in bed with your wife 
is Pete's art. He's a stand-up comedian. Yo, it's Skeet. Where are you? In bed with your wife. Ha, 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 ha. But in all seriousness, I really hope this ends okay. And it's not a circus. And it is quite sad to see someone unraveling the way that he is. And I know Jamila Jamila is always right. I know. She's thinking about everyone's mental health first. But I'm thinking about comedy first. And mental health. I feel like if you can have a sense of humor about certain things, in my experience, that is good for your mental health. I feel like the reason why my mental health is so rock solid you know, I feel, I feel confident. I feel great about myself most of the time. I feel secure and I feel loved and I feel zero anxiety and I go out into the world and I just, I feel lucky to be alive. Every time that I wake up, I'm like, wow, it's all still here. I live like a dog and I don't think too much. I don't read too much into things and I love to have a laugh about myself. And don't worry, you know, it's not like I think I'm amazing and I'm the prettiest girl in the world and the smartest girl in the world. It's far from that. It's that I've learned to get to a place where I don't give a shit. And I've been hurt before and I've cried before and I felt really low before about certain things. But if I was texting Bobby's new wife after making a video about her where she dies and if I was harassing Bobby off the chain and I said to that wife, where are you right now? And she said, I'm in bed with Bobby K. <laughs> I feel like even in my dark, dark place that I would be in at that moment, I would have to respect the joke and have a little laugh. And maybe that might actually be like, you know what? This chick's okay. Maybe I'll be her friend and stop, stop uh, fantasizing about her death. I don't know. I really don't know. Cause when we were young, I think the lowest point of my mental health was when Bobby and I broke up when we were young. A lot was going on in my life at that time. My parents were getting divorced. My grandma just died. Things were bad. And Bobby breaking up with me was the icing on the cake. Plus, you know, I just started like my hormones had gone crazy because I was a teenage girl. It was really bad. And his girlfriend that he started seeing after me was not funny. And she never said anything like, I'm in bed with Bobby. I don't, maybe I wouldn't have found it funny at that time if she had, but I mean, I don't know. I don't think he ever dated anyone funny after me. I'm home now. Lots of people blocking my drive. What's going on? I just hope that everyone out there is doing well mentally. Oh, look. Hi, Fred. Fred. Oh, Fred was watching me out and find my friends like a psycho boyfriend, speaking of Kanye, and he's looking out the window to see me come home. Hi. Oh, see, I'm so happy. I hope you're as happy as I am. Your attention, please, to these messages from our sponsors. There might even be a discount code for something very special this week. And when we return, I will be giving you life advice. If you need my advice or you want to tell me anything at all, that email address is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Moonpig 
first email is a very interesting one to me. It is from a longtime listener, Sarah, who came with her husband to my show in Milton Keynes last night. I don't usually say names, but Sarah's not divulging anything personal about herself. She's just saying she listens to the podcast a lot. She and her husband booked last minute, so could not get seats together, but came to my show anyway, sat two rows apart. She sat next to some friendly ladies, but he was all alone and I mean, didn't speak to anyone, but he still enjoyed the show. She pointed out bits about the show that she liked. Frozen Sperm, she liked. She liked some Mean Girls quotes. And she liked my commentary on Matt Hancock, especially her husband like that. I appreciate that, Sarah, because I wasn't sure if you guys really like the show in Milton Keynes because you're such a polite audience. And it's very difficult to tell. You know, like, you do this show, it's kind of the same every night, though it's not exactly the same. And some places it goes really well. Some places the energy is a bit lower. Different cities have, like, different behaviors. And I think I made a mistake last night, is I shouldn't have scolded you guys at the beginning. At the beginning... I noticed that a lot of the venue staff at the Milton Keynes Theater had little flashlights and they were going and flashing people for being on their phones, I think. And so I said, you could be on your phone if you want. I don't care. You can take pictures. You can do whatever you want. Just turn the brightness down so you're not pissing off anyone next to you. Keep your drunkenness to yourself. Uh, Also so that, you know, because arguments do happen. And I feel like maybe you guys took that as me, like, scolding you. I didn't mean to. Anyway, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I hope everybody else liked it. I love going to Milton Keynes. It's one of the first places outside of London that I started doing comedy 10 years ago. So your question is, has Bobby Kay heard or seen the show? The way you portray his character was hilarious, and I wanted to know what his reaction was when you put his accent on and got on and off the lawnmower. And Bobby's here in the room right now because we are hiding from the cleaner and our son is sleeping. Bobby, you've not really seen the show. You sort of saw it one night. Yeah, I have not seen the show, just a couple bits. Yeah. Do you mind me doing a Canadian accent about you and saying that you like to mow the lawn? Not at all. Do you trust me that I'm not taking the piss? Yes. (laughs) You had a slight pause. Yes. I do not portray my husband or my daughter or even my infant son. I mean, I go a little bit hard on Friday at the minute. But my daughter and my husband, I always lift them up in my shows because they're obviously my two favorite people. And I do Bobby's accent kind of Canadian because that's how it sounds to me. Although he's improved. (laughs) You sound less Canadian than when you arrived. Oh, thanks, I guess. I have shows at the Palladium in London that have not yet really been publicized. The first three sold out months ago, so we've added three shows in May. Bobby, everyone asks about him at all the shows. He will be at the London dates because... You know, we need to go out as a couple. We need to remember why we fell in love. And I feel like London's close enough that, Bobby, you can come and see the show if you want to. Will you please come? Because I feel like the the crowd would love to see you there. Yeah, I'll have a look. Will you take your shirt off? No. I love when a listener email is something I have experienced before, and I have, just by the title. It says, Naked Polaroids of His Ex. I've actually experienced this in two relationships. Why Polaroids? Maybe it's because we're old and we were alive back when there were actual cameras and actual film, but you would take naughty photos on Polaroids, I guess. I never did it, but... Oh, I did it for the Duchess, but I never did it in my real life. Catherine, I've been dating a guy for five months, and it is already the best relationship I've been in. Yeah, babe, because you've only been in it for five months. Every relationship in the first five months should be the best relationship you've ever been in, and your other relationships lasted presumably longer than five months time for them to rot like old fruit at the bottom of a fridge drawer the way we communicate's great the attraction is there and we want the same things out of life 
He was in a long-term relationship right before he met me for four years. I get that at our age, he's 34, I'm 28, people have previous partners and situations to navigate. He's made me feel really comfortable about it. For example, I never feel like he's not over it or anything, and I feel like he is fully invested in our future. The trouble is, he left his wallet in my handbag. Before I handed it back, I ended up finding a load of Polaroid pictures in his wallet of him and his ex-girlfriend together, some of her naked, and some of them having sex. He's always said that he was never really attracted to her. (laughs) Bobby's here. That's funny, isn't it? He was never really attracted to her. Of course he wasn't for four years. But there must be a certain level of attraction to have wanted to take pictures like that and keep them in your wallet. But that's besides the point. He must know they're in there. I know every damn thing that's in my wallet. So why does he still have them? And how can I raise it now that some time has passed? Should I just get his wallet and dispose of the naked pics myself? No, that's the last thing you need to do. You cannot be throwing out his property unless you're done with him. So in my Polaroid situation... The one boyfriend, I found naked pics of his ex like stashed away. We were moving. Um, and well, I don't want to reveal who it was, but to a new country. And I, found, and I was actually innocently packing up books. And I found in the books naked pictures of his ex Polaroids. And I was like, oh, that's fine. He just, you know, he, doesn't, he has no idea what's in this bookcase. And I don't care. But then in another relationship, this guy kept trophies of all his exes. And I found like an area where he would keep digital trophies, but he also kept like physical pictures and trophies and things, mementos. And I was done with this man anyway, because he'd been cheating on me. And I threw out everything. Like I deleted everything on the computer in the hard drive, even emptied the trash as well. I got rid of all his like actual photos of all these naked women and everything, everything. But that's because I was in my twenties. I was angry and I was done with him. I suppose looking at Bobby now sitting across the room, you don't have to chime in Bobby. He's very busy doing something. If I found naked pictures of Bobby's ex in his current wallet, I, I th- uh, obviously I understand why you feel hurt by that. I feel like he would know he, they were in there. But then I think no, it depends on the relationship that you have with this guy. You say you trust him and he never makes you feel like he's not over this chick. He is lying, saying he was never attracted to her. He was attracted to her. Maybe at the end of the four years he wasn't. But it's possible that... He just, oh, Bobby's walking out now. Convenient. So I'm probably going to get this wrong. All right, bye. It is going to clean out his wallet. It's possible that he just doesn't know how to get rid of these photos because I have naked Polaroids of myself. They're not fully nude. They're not explicit. But like I said, from the Duchess, I had to take them. And I've chopped some of them up into tiny pieces, but I don't want to throw them away because I'm worried I don't know why we feel like someone's going to find your garbage. Like a Rebecca Brooks, this is an old reference for those of you who remember this scandal at the newspaper. But I feel like that's a hard thing to dispose of. So maybe he just doesn't know what bin to throw them in, when to throw them away. Like you might find out. Or maybe he is holding on to them. I I mean, Jesus. Uh... You can't be getting rid of them, though. That, that's like his property. If you want to move forward in a positive way with mutual respect in the relationship, I think you have to say to him, look, I accidentally found this when I was looking in your wallet. So it's not that accidental. 
I would just be like, I happened to look through your wallet when I had it. I shouldn't have done that. I know now why I shouldn't have done that because I found something I didn't want to find. And I think that's the real lesson that a lot of us can take away from this. If you are in a relationship with someone you love and trust, you don't go through their shit. Like innocently, it can happen, but you don't go through their phone. You don't go through their computer or their wallet because you find something. And now you're in this conundrum of like, oh my God, does he love her? Does he miss her? These Polaroids mean fucking nothing. Like whatever. Guys like porn. Guys uh, might, not all guys like porn, by the way. They might just have sex pictures just for a stupid reason. Because like sometimes they're stupid and you're thinking, like overthinking how smart he is. He might not know what's in his wallet, but now you do have to bring it up. You have to go, I went through your wallet. I shouldn't have done that, and I won't do it again for this reason. It's made me feel crazy, and I'm not a crazy person, but I saw that you have naked pictures and sex photos of you and your ex. Why didn't you get rid of those? You're just going to have to ask him, I think, because otherwise it's going to eat you alive, and you're going to end up mentioning it in two years or on your wedding night. So you might as well mention it now, unless... You are so strong that you can never mention this and never snoop again. And if he gives you a reason, an actual reason in your current relationship to bring up the past, then go ahead. But you would be a much stronger person than me. Great news. Bobby's back. Bobby, what the hell? Does he know, first of all, that these Polaroids are even in his wallet? Yes. Is he keeping Uh, them for nefarious reasons? Why are they still in there? I don't know. It's like a relic, uh, a trophy. I don't know. Do you think? I, I just know it's not for no reason at all. He's kept them. Maybe he can't bear to throw them out. Yeah, I don't know who has photos of people having sex. This isn't the 70s. I know. I know. Maybe this guy's old. Oh, no, he's not. He's like a bit younger than us, she said. I he's, don't know. Uh, like vintage. Do you feel like she should keep what she saw to herself because she shouldn't have been snooping in the first place? Um, yes, I suppose. And then I think the play is to check and see if they're still there and then ask, why do you still have these? Once things get a bit more serious, it seems like they're just feeling each other out right now. I mean, five months is a long time. but He knows her well enough to keep his wallet in her handbag. Not a euphemism. No, it, it's weird. It's just overall weird. <laughs> Bobby, this listener has reached out and asked specifically for your advice. What an idiot. She says, I've been having really odd feelings after a one-night stand. To give some context, I split up with my ex in January, and I'm starting to get back out there. I met a guy at a bar over the weekend, and he came back to my place. We chatted for hours before eventually having sex. I was feeling like we'd clicked while we were talking. I may have been getting ahead of myself, but I was thinking he might be someone I could actually imagine seeing more of in the future. Well, the next morning, he awoke at 6.30 a.m. and said he was leaving. I was feeling a little rough and tired, so I just told him to let himself out while I stayed in bed. As bad as it sounds, we did not exchange contact details. He did not know my full name, so I doubt he'll be able to find me on socials. I managed to find him on Facebook, though. I remember he said he knew someone I used to work with, so I found him through their profile, but I have not sent him a request because I'm worried it feels stalkerish. I'm feeling a little conflicted. On one hand, I understand it was a one-night stand, and he doesn't have my number. But on the other hand, we chatted for a really long time, and we seem to have connected. I feel a bit empty that it's just over and done with after the one night. I don't know if maybe I was cold the next morning because I was hungover, so I might have given off the vibe that I just wanted him out. But surely if he was really interested, he should have at least asked for my number. I keep thinking about actually adding him on Facebook now that I found him, but I don't know if I should just leave it and take the lesson. I know I sound a little crazy. Maybe I'm not just a casual sex kind of girl, 
Bobby K, what do you think? Well, it seems like you guys both kind of played each other. Um, you, I mean, he put in a lot of work, went back, chatted for out, multiple hours late <laughs> at night. He's got to work the next morning. I mean, he's putting in the time. And then you kind of usher him out. So it seems like he's kind of a veteran at this. And you, you kind of, um, you, got, you, got, you probably had a mutual understanding, or he seemed to think that it's just going to be one and done. That being said, if you do think you had a good connection, I mean, there's no point, no harm in shooting your shot and firing off that request. What's the worst that can happen? Um, well, maybe he's got a wife and kids or something. I don't know. But uh, I heard you use words like veteran at the one night stands. But I'll tell you about a one night stand I had. There was a young man who traveled. He really put in the time. Traveled all the way from uh, outside the greater Toronto area, the outskirts, into the downtown uh, entertainment district and put in hours upon hours, not just with me, but with my family. My sister, her husband, came back to my mother's house, drank a green juice as I sat on my mother's countertop, chatted until the wee hours of the morning. He had sex with me and then scurried off in the morning. Was he a veteran of the one night stand? Because that, Bobby, is a story about you. Oh, wow. He seems really good. Um, no differences. I was able to contact you the next day myself. Yeah, you did contact me first. That's um, true. Pretty early in the day, so there wasn't any, you know, I had the contact information at least to move forward if need be. All right, but let's say it wasn't me. It was someone else. You didn't know her last name. And do you think you would be on social media as savvy as she was and be able to find her? Would you even try? It really depends on how, you know, well the connection is. You know, guys always have this thing after they explode whoa <laughs> um it's like oh i don't like this person or it's i do like this person so talk to me more about that what uh, is this it's like it's like i forget what they call it. it's like the post nut um thing that you feel um where after you have sex with someone you're like and you didn't like it or didn't like them it's like oh my god you can't leave quick, quick enough but then there's people after that you're like oh i really like this person i want to stay and that's how you know when you like someone after you come inside them. It doesn't have to be come inside them. After you on come, them. wherever. could be on your own hand, for Christ's sakes. It's just that feeling afterwards, it's like a... And you're not capable of knowing this until you've ejaculated? Correct. Sometimes you, wow. sometimes you put in a lot of work, and then you go, and you're like, oh, shit. <gasps> that was a mistake. Sometimes you don't know until that moment, sometimes. Okay, well, as someone who has a background in psychology education... Why is that, do you think? It's just, you get like a clear, you're just like thinking clearly. You're not just distracted. Sometimes you're just like, oh, when I have sex. Oh, I see. And like, then you've had sex. Like, oh, that clears that up. Now, do I really like this person or was I just trying to have sex? Oh, so it's like the animal brain takes over Correct. and you don't really have intellectual right. capacity. You're like distracted by your animal wow. instincts. Wow. And that's why guys like Tristan Thompson exist. Well, that's a, yeah, I guess you could say that, but. Oh. I mean. Oh, that's terrible then. So then men have presumably been in situations where they think they like someone. And then after they have sex with them, they feel presumably like regret and shame. Yep. Oh, no. Not necessarily regret or shame. Just, you know, they've made a mistake. All right. So you don't know from reading this email. Well, from reading this email, they both, they should have, if she really liked them during those hours they were talking, they should have exchanged real names and phone numbers to begin with. And then especially after, you know, 
the sex. If they both were loving it, they should have exchanged information. Now, yeah, but in our situation, you did run out quite quickly, and I did kind of throw you out quite quickly. I was well, in the I, middle of like a panic attack. Yeah, you're in panic. I had to get to work. Um, and I was hungover. Part of the reason I was so panicked is because I needed to throw up. So, yeah, and this, my advice would be to, if you did really think you had a good connection, like this guy, and he doesn't have any way to contact you, certainly not as savvy to track you down as you were to him, I would just fire off that request or message. I don't know. Do you have to have a friend or message for someone anymore? I don't know um, how Facebook really I works. I think you can send a request with a message. So what should she say in the message? Hi. After you nutted, what was your clear thought about me? Yeah, something like that. I would maybe start with, hey. 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 I've listened no. to the theory about the ejaculation. Just be like, I had a great time. Um, I know we didn't exchange. I stalked you on here. Like, just be upfront and funny about it. And uh, I was wondering if you wanted to. I wouldn't use the word stalked. No, no, no. I'd be like, I know you said we had so-and-so mutual friend in common. I happened to find you on here. Didn't know if maybe you were trying to. Get my details. If you weren't, keep it moving. Sorry to bother you. I mean, if you were, here I am. Honesty. Do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know. That is honesty. It is, but that's also stalking as well. Yeah, true. All right. Well, no. No. It's, in, it's using... Like... I tracked you down. I had a great time. Want to know if you want to do this again. <laughs> tracked you down is worse than stalking somehow. Listen, Bobby. I found is... you. I located okay. you. This has been very informative. So... Ladies and gentlemen, any one of you who uh, assist a man in ejaculating, you should know that he is not sure how he feels about you until after that fact. And if you have the capacity to ejaculate with your penis, then you should know that the decisions you're making pre-ejaculation may not be sound. So try. Can you override it with your intellectual brain at all? Can you be like, ugh? No, you just figure it out. Like oh, that's, that's like a revelation and then you the day after you still liked me yes good well obviously you did but you knew right away yeah you know right away but i knew that oh i, I knew you already before so i knew how i like felt but if you're going to if you're just meeting someone there's a lot yeah. of excitement you know you're having fun you're drinking whatever and then after that that what that's what tells the guys very interesting i think a lot of us didn't know that i didn't know that thank you bobby oh yeah no problem always a welcome guest sure the next letter says, Catherine, I recently was invited to an interview for a job at a local cafe, and it was suggested by several people around me that I might need to adjust my look. The suggested changes, including hiding my septum piercing for the interview, wearing less eyeliner than normal, wearing long sleeves to hide my self-harm scars, and dyeing over my colored hair. In the past, I found it very hard to express myself, and since leaving my secondary school, I've had a lot of fun experimenting with my look, and I'm happier with it now than ever before. My question is, should I listen to these people and tone it down for work, or should I wait and find a job that allows me to dress and look how I feel comfortable? Currently, my hair is a blue-green color, and I thought my eyeliner usage was pretty average. Thank you for your advice in advance. Look, you need to do whatever it is you need to do, to get this job you need to fit in the constraints of constraints constraints of the confines of mainstream cafe look because you don't go to work to be comfortable and to express yourself when you need money and you need a job that's life I am very privileged I'm in a great job now where I can look and dress almost always the way that I want to 
but we get treated so well and people sometimes come over and they go are you comfortable Catherine and it's just my instinct I answer back I don't come to work to be comfortable now that's kind of a joke because I'm obviously very comfortable but um, I think we've all had to make compromises to get a job that's not to say that this is going to be the job for the rest of your life you can still while you have this job keep an eye open for your ideal placing where you can express yourself and feel happy and fulfilled and well but girls got to do what a girl's got to do to get that paycheck to pay the rent to afford a lifestyle do you know so just get the job Cover up your arms if you have to. Wear a little bit less makeup. Do you know, I'm my fullest self dressed like Pete Davidson. The way I am at home, I am in track suits. I actually despise getting manicures and pedicures. Uh, it's really tricky with Fred. I feel like I don't have that kind of time. But I believe that there's a certain uniform for my work on stage, and I go all out with it. I'm damaging my hair. I'm curling it all the time. I'm putting loads of makeup on, fake eyelashes. I'm getting my nails done. Not all of that stuff is what I want to do every night. I would like to just go in my comfies and express myself that way. And again, my example is not a normal example, but you can take the example of of Hooters or when I worked in um, a restaurant in Sarnia before Hooters, I had to wear their uniform. So don't think of it as like <clears throat> peeling back your personality or not expressing yourself. It's just, this is just your uniform for work. Your uniform is muggle. Tone down the look if you need to do that to get the job. And always, if you want to be a creative person and be able to express yourself later, keep a lookout for that job. But in the meantime, do what you got to do to get this one. I don't want to sound like Kim Kardashian, but girls, you just got to bite the bullet and get that money. A little update on last week's letter, should I pay someone to fuck off? You might remember that this builder uh, was hustling this woman, she felt, and she was refusing to pay the bill. And then he was putting up all these signs all over town, calling her a scam artist. She has written me again to say, oh, Catherine, I did also want to say I bought the house after settling an insurance claim from someone running a red light and hitting me when I was pregnant, resulting in a five-week hospital stay and almost losing my son. It, and I run my own small business. Well, I mean, amazing. And I'm proud of you for buying property. I'm sorry that it's all gone so wrong. I digress. A little update. I calculated out all the builder's hours myself, and even with the hours he wasn't hired to work, it doesn't equal what he's asking. He did admit to building the garage hut, not doing it, and took a couple hundred off the total. I sent him a long list of deficiencies, and after the neighbors warned us of being ripped off, I did install a lock that would tell me when he got there and when he left via the code. I reminded him of this, and his total hours only equaled 2300 not 36000 He stole over $5,000 worth of supplies when I hired him, promised the job would be done in four weeks, and it took him five months. I did offer him $1,200, take it or leave it. And he said, 3000 or I'll come take your windows out. What the fuck? He seems to have chilled out since the cops were called yet again, but it will now be going to small claims court to be settled. Fingers and toes cross it goes well. All right. Many listeners have written in some advice because I really didn't know what to do with this. I was like, I just don't. I think you offer him somewhere in the middle, but obviously he hasn't taken that. Here is one of the responses that I feel is very thorough. It says, for the woman who wound up with a psycho carpenter, Yes, he should have done the work. Yes, he's probably a misogynist to publicly try and shame you. Yes, he's petty and this isn't fair. But 
You cannot expect to manage an entire property and renovation, no less, without a lot of time put in on your own part. Owning a building or apartment is a hell of a lot of responsibility. It requires time and management, something you were not able to fully commit to being so far away and with a new baby. You can't expect to pay people and have everything just work out. Life doesn't work like that. If you want that, you have to be Beyonce rich. Regular rich still requires you to check and take responsibility for the big thing you decided to buy. The first time this guy fucked up, he should have been out. But you were too distracted through no fault of your own to pay attention. And so you were taken advantage of. To what degree, you will never actually know. Next time, take on a big project only when you know you have the time and resources to commit to it. Take the hit on this guy, you have no choice. You're believing new neighbors over him anyway. It's they said, they said. So if you have the resources, pay the man. Let it go and learn for next time. I love you, Catherine, but same for you. (laughs) Oh, either pay the attention to the job that's going on on the property that you should be very proud of you can afford and maintain and fire a bad worker after the first realization he's shitty or expect that people will continue to do shoddy work at your expense. This is really true. Yes, it is true. Um, I added my own story about the, for those of you who didn't hear last week, I have a smart home system. The electrician was like stepping on my little dog's stairs and breaking them, not fixing things, coming again and again. We, we couldn't just fire him, though. It was a tricky situation because the technology that we have in the home, you can only have a specialist electrician look at it. And we were locked into a monopoly with this guy. You can't just hire any electrician to do it. Finally, we have found another one, but it literally took like calling the manufacturer for the fifth time and being like, if you do not set me up with another technician, I will rip every light out of this house. And that's me. I'm on TV. And I said that to them. And they were like, oh, okay, ma'am, finally, after like so many calls. So anyway, I agree with you. This is good because we're not looking back. We're looking forward. And hopefully we're inspiring anyone listening who's about to hire someone to do some work. You've got to take the hit, uh, get rid of them as quickly as you can and move forward. Instead of doing this, I think it's a very British thing that I've done is like, Oh, well, we'll give him another chance and see. Maybe it will get better. This is the best we deserve. All right, all right. Like, I knew it was shoddy. I knew it. Yes, you are right. You, Catherine, and this girl writing the letter both seem comfortable enough to enjoy the good karma of paying, letting go of the anger, and learning to pay more attention in the future. If you are privileged enough to own property, please be responsible enough to know what's going on inside. Or aim for Beyonce money. Nobody is doing shoddy work for Beyonce. Thank you. That was a great, I feel really empowered by that email. I feel like scolded a little bit, but not in a bad way, like in the right way. It's like, yeah, that's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. Here's uh, some different advice about this carpenter from a police officer. Hi, Catherine. I am a police officer, but definitely not any kind of lawyer, so I hope I can offer some help to the woman who wrote in about being harassed by her carpenter. First of all, the Protection from Harassment Act provides protection under UK law. Whilst this was primarily designed to prevent stalking, it works in this kind of scenario as well. It states a person must not pursue a course of conduct which amounts to harassment of another. The course of conduct is usually evidenced by two or more occasions causing someone harassment, alarm, or distress. She said that she's been to the police and he isn't allowed to come to her block, so I'm not sure what has already been done, but depending on the threat level, the suspect would usually get a written warning in the first instance to stop said conduct then this provides uh oh this proves that he knows he's causing harassment as the law states knows or ought to know the behavior amounts to harassment so 
I'm assuming he has had the warning, as she states he has conditions to stay away from her block. If the conduct continues, the person can be arrested. The continuance has to be evidenced. I would suggest that the photo is evidence she has further harassment. I suggest she goes back to the officer in her case and explains just how much distress this is causing her. The fact that she may still owe him money is irrelevant. He should go through the proper channels to recover this. Failing that, I guess you could try and meet somewhere in the middle and agree on an amount of the work. Yeah, that's what I said. But he has not accepted. Maybe citizen's advice could also help. She can also report him to trading standards if he's acting unfairly. And finally, as this is me rather than police, my favorite option would be to create signs that say something along the lines of, the previous sign was written by a bully. He wants paying for work he did not complete. Or something like, you know, That would be great, actually. Just a sign war. Sign stapled to another sign. Then he's going to come back with another sign. And then we got a ton of signs. And it becomes like a, a ticketing, l littering issue. And then the police get involved in that. I mean, I don't know. I appreciate the work that you do for the police. But the UK police have had a fucking terrible rap lately. Strip searching teens. No joke. Uh, we're told to flag down a bus. If a police officer isn't protecting us adequately or if we feel like we're being uh, chased by one un unjustly, I just, I think whatever the harassment protection order is in this country, I do not feel that it's adequate. You get a letter like, oh, I, he was warned to stay away from me, but no one actually acts on anything until you're hurt. I don't like it, but that's not your fault. You don't make the laws like you said. This is just you advising her to the best of your knowledge as a police officer with the law. Also, you're a woman, so I'm not holding any of the bad police behavior against you. That has recently all come from men. What a way to end the podcast. Uh, I didn't want to do it on a low note like this, but um, thank you for the advice. People do not accept shoddy work. Do not accept shoddy behavior in your relationships. Don't expect shoddiness, period. Let's all look toward a brighter future. Look after each other. Know your worth and demand nothing less. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you soon. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.